such a demoralizing, depressing debacle that at the very foot of the same mountain that a short while ago we witnessed prophecy, we received the Torah, that there in the very same place, thousands of Jewish people engaged in the crime of all crimes in Avodah Zarah, serving a golden calf, subscribing some godly characteristics to an object, a chait unlike any other. Chait ha'egel is timeless. Chait ha'egel is incomprehensible. And chait ha'egel, the sin of the golden calf, was so severe that Chazal tell us, in order for a full rectification, a full kapora to be had, the sin must be sliced and diced and divvied up to be person by person, small suffering throughout the generations that this cheta ego should be sprinkled upon so that full kapara can be had, so that every single tsara that we go through today, you should see a couple struggling with infertility that should never be known of. There's a piece of cheta ego that's a part of it. When someone is suffering, unable to find their perspective match, their shidduch, and they can't understand why, well, there's a piece of a kapara, of an atonement, of that original sin of the cheta ego that is to blame, to point fingers at. We are obligated, it would seem, to peel the story apart piece by piece, to try to understand how is it that the dark day of the all-seeing enlightened generation was able to so precipitously and rapidly descend into such a sin. And there's a Sepharno that gives us some insight. It changes the game a bit. But it's eye-opening. It's powerful. And we will, God willing, be able to have a different approach to some modern-day suffering and help us flip the script on some of, or at least one of life's great challenges. And we begin with the actual Pusik itself. And it was when Moses was getting close to the camp. And he saw that calf, and the dancing. And Moshe became enraged. And and he spiked from his hands the tablets by Yashaber, by Yashaber, Osam Tachasahar. And he smashed them at the foot of the mountain. The Sephorno points out that the reason for the spiking of the Luchos, pardon the plosives, is for not only the Avodah Zarah done, but Moshe became so aroused with anger, Shira'ah, for Moshe saw, 
says the Sepharno. He saw that they were celebrating in their damage. Citing a Pasuk in Yermia. That you're delighting in the performance of your evil deeds. That he saw the mecholos, the key word here. The dancing, the flute playing, the moon walking and hokey pokeying around that golden calf. That you should celebrate the sin. No, 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 that will not be tolerated. And this led Moshe to thinking it would be impossible to straighten the bend, but even that they should do any tshuva and repentance. For if they're happy and they don't have a sense of guilt, then what hope is there? Ladies and gentlemen, Rabbi Rucham points out that the straw that broke the camel's back, the nail in the coffin for the Jewish people and the Chet Ha'egel was the simcha that they displayed in their destruction. Smash the tablets. It can be inferred that even if idolatry was to be performed, that the cheating on the spouse at the very foot of the mountain should, God forbid, happen. But if it wasn't done, rejoicing and dancing like Simcha's Torah, well, then maybe we could have escaped unscathed, perhaps with that same holy set of tablets. The sense of guilt, the sense of pain and distress that the Jewish people would have felt, a sense of sadness that they had been seduced into committing such a sin, that pain and guilt may have saved them. And Basman Hazeh, the topic of guilt, the topic of that emotional discomfort that one will feel when he's messed up, it's a very pressing matter for in Gullis, we are prone to some mess-ups. And no one underneath God's beautiful blue sky is free from challenges. And everyone does sin. But the guilt afterwards can feel even worse. The unhappiness. The feeling of I'm a good for nothing. A low self-worth. It can be draining. We can want to get rid of the guilt. However, the flipping of the script here is that it would seem that if one does feel ashamed of their sin, a bit discomforted, uncomfortable, by sleeping in, by accidentally flipping on a light switch on Shabbos, well, you have hope. You have free will and you have a chance to improve. The guilt should ring in your ears as hope. For if one should become numb, desensitized, God forbid, to be someach, bekilkel she'asu, 
to moonwalk and celebrate as you violate prohibitions, you are hopeless. And you will and cannot improve. The guilt should be changed in our eyes. And it should be channeled. There's a horrible sickness in the world, you should know. In 2019, they did some studies. They ran some tests. They figured out just how many people suffer from CIPA. Cognitive congenital insensitivity. It is a sickness in which a person cannot feel pain. One in 125 million people suffer from this, so it isn't very common. It is, in fact, extremely rare. But a person with CIPA could put their hand inside of a fire And they would just keep it there, not feeling any pain. Their nerves are numb. They feel nothing inside. The senses don't send the message of pain to the brain to then act by saving yourself. A person from suffering from CIPA may put his hand out on the stove, sitting inside of ice-freezing, cold, frigid, Frostbite-causing water, and yet he will do nothing because he doesn't feel any pain. And Baruch Hashem, that one should say, for the feeling of pain. And here we're stretching the idea for even, thank God for the feeling of a bit of guilt. I can't believe I just said Lashon Hara. I can't believe I just slipped up again. That's a good thing. For if Moshe Rabbeinu would come down the mountain and see us accidentally flipping on a light switch on Shabbos, accidentally sleeping in, we missed our alarm clock, and we go, oh, Shrek, look, I can't believe I did that. I don't think he would slam down the tablets. There'd be some harsh rebuke, but we'd have a shot. We'd have a chance. So what is the right approach? How does one welcome or at least accept the guilt? Feel thankful that he can feel when something is off or wrong? And then how does he go about acting and turning over a new leaf? Well, we are told away by the best place to get the information from HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Torah by one of the worst sins by the brotherly murder, Cain killing Hevel, when some jealousy was there. Surely you're aware of the story. But when Hashem called out to the murderous brother and said, Ayeka, where are you? Hashem asked two separate questions. He said to Cain, Why are you upset? And Lama Naflu Panecha. And why has your countenance fallen? Why are you sad? Do not be demoralized and depressed about the sin. Yes, you have messed up, but hello imtetav says. You can surely improve. 
and if not, if you continue to be wallowing in self-pity and depressed about your actions, feeling guilty and struggling from the worry and unhappiness that is setting in from the emotional discomfort of the guilt of the sin, well then, yeah, sin crouches at the opening. But that's not the approach. The approach is to understand and accept the guilt and then to channel it towards a mental state of I can choose with my Bechira to take the next step to then set two alarms tomorrow morning and to buy the Shabbos switch cover. That would be the right approach to flipping on the light on Shabbos, God forbid. To take the nerves the senses that you feel, the guilt and the doubt and the pain, the cogn- congenital sensitivity that you can feel it, how long Tetov says, and choose to do better in the future. The idea of guilt, we can even stretch it a bit further and try to flip the script on, script on this and prove why it's actually a good thing if one does still feel an itch inside of him that I'm better than that. Rabbi Sorrell Sorlanter said if a person wants to know where he's holding in life, how close he is to God, which rung of the ladder he is on a spiritual journey, well, you cannot sense that based on how happy and excited you are about doing a mitzvah, but specifically by the pain that you feel when God's will is not taken care of. That is the mirror to your spiritual progression. The guilt, the feeling down of, ugh, I messed up. That's wonderful. And then the next choice is, I, on to the next, I got this. Hello, I'm Tetav Se'es. I can choose to do better in the future. The Egel Azov, it taught us that I guess sins do happen. Now it's our job to never succumb and never give in. But if God forbid, there's a slip up, a word of lush and horror that escapes your lips. It's a, oy shreklach. But come on, I'm better than that. I got this. I am not going to wallow in self-doubt and self-pity, but thank you, Hashem, for letting me feel a bit guilty about the kilkel she'asu, and that I'm not, God forbid, like the Sepharno says, semichem bekilkel she'asu, celebrating in the damage that I caused that led Moshe Rabbeinu to spiking the tablets. Choose to do better after you do feel the guilt and discomfort. Remember that the pain is a blessing, is a bracha. Or just imagine if you were totally numb to somebody, God forbid, slapping your mother. Could you stand by the wayside just letting it go? But of course you would be aroused and upset about the kilkul sha'asu. And when one feels that same or similar or perhaps even the slightest bit of guilt, some emotional discomfort in a sin, let that cajole coax and galvanize oneself towards doing better in the future. 
Kill them, 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 kill them